Father, what a, what a fitting song before the, the day that you have for us. God, this service is really all about you, remembering you and reflecting on the great things that you have done because you are worthy of our praise. And God, I know that that looks different for all of us, but you see our hearts, you know what's going on inside of us. And Lord, I pray that you hear the joy in our, off our lips. We are so appreciative of all the great things that you have done. We are appreciative of the tough things that you have led us through and the things that we have learned through them. God, you are so worthy. But I think we forget sometimes the value of silence and just sitting in your presence. We get so busy trying to tell you what we think you need to be doing and we forget to listen and just be still. And I'm thankful for today that you're giving us that opportunity to be still, to know and reflect that you are God. May you gain all the glory and all the praise especially in the next few moments. We praise you and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. So glad you're here today. Today we are gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a little bit different service this morning because we're gonna be observing communion. And usually when we observe communion, we don't do a, a full on sermon just because I feel communion is its own thing. And it should be its own thing. It's that special. I know many of you are always asking, when are we going to do communion? Well, I never know until he tells me. And so this was one of those moments. Plus, me being gone all week, it would have been very difficult to study and really prepare. Because Acts chapter 2 really starts some phenomenal things. And I wanted to make sure that I gave it um, the adequate time and the adequate attention that it needed. Um, Had a great week. Phenomenal week. Uh, This past week has been tough in many ways and great in many ways, uh, but we are so excited that you're here and to share that with you because a lot of times we forget to reflect on what has taken place in our past, right? We forget to think back and to see those God moments where God intervened or God taught us something or we found ourselves in a pickle and we quickly turned to him and he helped us out. And we had a week. We were at North Bay all week long, had a fantastic week, had a wonderful storm roll through. It was a doozy, knocked the power out for a couple of days, so cold showers, no AC. It was a week. But it wasn't just a week about us. We had a a tough week for our church. We had some major losses. We lost uh, Mr. Blaine and we buried him yesterday. We lost Elmer Fisher. Uh, We're going to be burying him this week. We lost, um, remember, uh, oh my goodness went away from me. Sandy Atwood a couple of weeks ago, a major part of our church. So there's a lot of things that we can reflect on and think about over the last few weeks that really we can give glory to God. And as I was reading through chapter two and thinking it through, the very first statement that's there, it talks about after the Pentecost or on the first day of Pentecost that it was happening. And I started thinking about when was that and what does that look like? And the day of Pentecost was a a regular celebration that was uh, set in stone back in Leviticus, back in the Old Testament, that they were to do after uh, the Feast of the Passover, which was about 50 days. 
And so after this, the Feast of the First Fruits was to happen. And that is where we're going to be joining up next week in Acts chapter 2. So it's about technically 50 days really for us after Easter. After Christ rose, it's going to be seven Sabbaths after that, which is about 50 days. And they were to have this next festival, this next feast. And that is when we were going to see the Spirit fall, the Helper come. And I started thinking about, I wonder what the next feast of the Passover looked like. Let's fast forward a year. Jesus has been gone, the helper is now here, and now the disciples are gathering again to celebrate the feast of the Passover, the Lord's Supper as we know it. I wonder what the conversation was like. You ever thought about that? The last one that they did was with Jesus, and Jesus told them, hey, eat this bread, it is my body that's going to be broken for you. Drink this cup of the juice, or juice of the cup, the wine, the wine. Because it's my blood that I'm going to shed for you. And I'm sure in that moment they're like, what are you talking about? And then they watched him die. They watched him be buried. They watched him rise again. They had some interactions with him. And then they watched him ascend. And then the Pentecost happened. The falling of the Spirit. And so a year later they are probably back together. We don't have record of this. So this is just me thinking through things. And it will make sense here in a minute. But as they're sitting there, I wonder what they were talking about. I wonder what they were thinking. And for me, it's really what communion is all about. They probably were doing something like this. Remember when he did this? Remember when he said this? Oh, do you remember when this happened? I would imagine that this new feast of the Passover, this new Last Supper, this new remembering was totally different. And it was a complete reflection on all the great things that Jesus had done. We just sang the song about worthy, how worthy he is for us to share all of the things that he has done. And that for me is what this week was really about. Thinking back, remembering all the great things that he has done. Not just for me, not just for our church, but for the world. And when we observe communion, this is one of the most vital parts of our relationship with God. This, it doesn't reunite us with him because we're already united with him, but it should bring our view back into focus of what this really is all about. And so I began thinking about the disciples and thinking through the questions and wondering about what it was like for them and how more special now that the feast of the Passover is being observed, maybe even more than it was before. Maybe they hadn't talked about it since. Maybe now they are reflecting on all the events. It's reshaping their thinking. It's it's causing them to refocus the lens that may have gotten a little out of focus. And folks, that is why we observe communion. Communion is so important. It brings us back to the main part of why we live the way that we live because Christ gave his life as a sacrifice for your sins and my sins he literally laid down his life for his friends he died for you and for me he was buried and he rose again and when we observe communion it should bring us way back away from bills and drama and work 
and all the other things that distract us and get us out of focus. And when we observe communion, it brings us back right where we need to be because we want to remember the things that he has done. Here's just a few things. Sally and I, 17 years ago, showed up here. I remember that. It's a very memorable move for us. But that, I reflect on that, and I think about how good God was to take me from the area that I was, which we loved. We were quite happy there, but he knew what we needed was here. He knew what he wanted to do in our lives, and he needed us to be willing to follow him and be willing to say, we're here for you. And that's what we did. And God has done some cool things just in our own little family, as well as the church that we've been a part of. I think of the start of the Free Will Baptist Church of Townsend. The mission that Richard Atwood had to start another church. And he did that. He trusted the Lord and he followed God. And he built this place under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And now look at the legacy that he's been able to leave behind. That's cool things. Those are things that we should be remembering. Because what is it about? It is about creating a community of believers to go out and fulfill Acts 1-8. Those are the things that we should be reflecting on when we observe communion. The things that God has done. And I know a lot of times we don't do a lot of testimonies. Because for me, sometimes testimonies get hijacked by too many details about me. And not enough about God. A testimony is really about what you saw God doing, what you experienced God doing either in your life or in somebody else's life. It's not so much about the details of who you are. A testimony is to testify, to tell someone else about how great God really is. And you're going to hear some really cool testimonies in just a moment. But that's what we are to do. We've got the retirement of Charlie and Janice. What a great 30-year span or so that they had here. And I can talk about them because they're not here today. But I reflect back on the, the positions that Charlie and Janice were in that were strategically placed by God for them to be perfectly in alignment with him to help move things along for the cause of Christ. Not because Charlie and Janice are awesome, and they are but because they were willing to follow God. That's what this is about. That's what, for me, communion is really all about. It's reflecting on the good things that God has done. I mean, our church is financially free. We have zero debt. We purchased the property outright and been able to do all the things that we wanted to do over there outright. That is a reflection of God's goodness to his people. I could go on for a long time and I'm not going to, but you get the idea. Communion is about a little bit of introspection of what God is doing in you, and it's a lot of looking outside the box to see where God has been doing great things. For me, this week was just very encouraging. I got to work in the dish pits again, which I absolutely love. Somebody asked me about my hands this morning. They're very clean, I can tell you that. I washed them more than I can tell you. But I love working in there. I look at it as all those dirty dishes, they have to be cleaned and they are lives. And I do what I can as a human being, but then I send them through the machine and it does the rest. I don't know how it works inside there. 
I didn't take it apart to study it, but I know when I send that plate through the machine, it's going to come out the other side spotless. And it's going to be put to use wherever it was designed to be put to use. That's what I walked away with. I also walked away with, I've gotten a little complacent in my life. I've gotten a little too comfortable with my knowledge and a little too comfortable with what I know God can do and what he has done. And I don't want to be there. I don't like complacency. I love contentment, but I don't like complacency. So I got worked on pretty good this week. That's my testimony because God is so good and he doesn't want me to be where I'm at. He wants me to keep moving forward for him. So we're going to have kids and a couple of adults come up here and share with you their testimony of what they saw God did do and what they experienced this week. And then we will observe communion. So just sit back and listen. You guys can control that back. nerve-wracking <laughs> okay good morning I'm Des and this is like way out of my comfort zone so like bear with me please like I'm so nervous so I didn't know what to say when I was going to come up here but then I remembered I suggested Jesus again this week I'm saying again because I surrendered a few years back but I felt like I didn't understand it then I just wanted to do it because I seen other people do it but I didn't know if I should tell this story because I didn't think, I didn't know if it was a bad thing that I said yes again or that I've said yes multiple times. But I felt like I wasn't surrendered to God 110%. And I know that sounds like funny because it's not 100%. But I felt like I prioritized my time so badly to the point where I treated God like an option. But I had the opportunity this week to stand up and say yes again. And I was scared, but I was ready this time to fully surrender to God. I knew what I was like getting myself into when I was surrendering. And the reason I was scared was because some of the friendships I had didn't support me being a Christian. But I had to realize those weren't real friendships. And I also realized I didn't need those friends because I have the best relationships with people right here in our church. This was my first time at Project Serve through YFC. At first, I did not want to go. I felt stuck with my walk with God, felt like I was not growing, and did not think I was the right person for this. I was completely wrong. I grew so much closer to God while also stepping out of my comfort zone. My job was in the dining hall, serving food to two tables. God uses people to help me see him in new ways. I was very anxious at first, anxious to meet and talk to new people. My mind was flooding, with all these what-ifs, that became very overwhelming, making me feel like I was not good enough. Isaiah 41.10 kept coming to my mind during these times. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That was the first time I felt God speaking to me there. 
Later on, God gave me the strength to get out of my comfort zone and talk to the people at my table, people God used to change my life for his greater good. My table consisted of leaders Shelby, Edric, Whitney, and campers Sophia, Sydney, Sophia, Cameron, Grace, Lena, Yamal, Tio, Zeke, and Aaron. I got to know these people pretty well during meals. They would pull up chairs so I could sit down and we could all get to know each other. I learned about their lives and how they came to this camp. Each time I got to know more and more about them, I knew that this is where God wanted me to be. Wednesday night, everyone at camp sat outside, spending alone time with God and being given the option to accept Christ into their lives. Thursday evening, one of the leaders on my table walked up to me and said three of the girls accepted Christ as their savior. All three, all three of these girls had smiles on their face all of Thursday and Friday and would keep asking questions, trying to know more and more about God. When it came to the last meal, breakfast on Friday morning, girls from my table came and found me and asked me to come sit with them. During this time, one of the leaders asked me to share my testimony with them. As I did, I saw the eyes of one of the girls who just accepted Christ, and all she wanted was to hear more. I told her about this relationship with someone in my family who wasn't always the strongest and healthiest, how they did not really know Christ, and how I just prayed for them. Before I could even finish, she excitedly asked me how they are today, if we now have a healthy relationship, and if we were close again. I said yes, and she immediately responded with, right now, I have goosebumps all up my arms and legs, and I just know all of this is true. That was definitely the most impactful part of the whole trip, the part where I knew God was really present. Seeing him work on these people's hearts and seeing how he used my story to help another girl and how he, the girl also helped me see God. I left YFC feeling so much stronger in my relationship with God and no longer as nervous to share my story with others. Hi, good morning everyone. Um, I'm Maddie. Um, I've been going to Townsend for like a few years, but this is kind of really the first activity I've done just because when I came here, I was very standoffish. Um, I was just uprooted from a church that I was kind of raised in, and now my whole family is sitting here, which is super awesome. Um, so before going on this trip, I, ha I was at GCU in Phoenix, Arizona, and like my entire year, I'd just been like saying no to God. Um, sorry, <laughs> I'm nervy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and you know, I just like wasn't really living for his glory. I wasn't using my talents whatsoever. I was just kind of sitting in my room being like guilty because you know how you feel when you know you're not doing what you're supposed to. Um, throughout this trip though, I was constantly shown how much I love people and how much God can really use me to love on people. And I had a really get, uh, great conversation with Pastor Tim about like how like even if people are drawn to you, you kind of have to like be spiritually sound because of how like much people are gonna come to you. And I think that's a really true statement. I thought I was way more patient before I went on this trip. <laughs> and now I realize I need to work on that. Um, but so, <laughs> one night we went to club after doing dining hall um, and that's basically like their chapel um, but we did this solo night which is like a God and I time and basically 
they were like, okay, go find a spot on campus and like talk to God. And the whole time I was just like, oh great, I'm gonna sit there and just be like, thinking about anything but God and just like sitting in my guilt about how like I know I'm not living for God. Um, and when we were dismissed, I went and sat on the beach and North Bay's kind of like on a bay area. But I just sat like with my feet in the water, like watching the sunset. And I was just looking up at how massive the sky was. And the most pressing thought I had was that I cannot believe that out of how massive this universe is, that I'm the speck of sand and that even if I was the only one who ever believed in him, God would still send his son to die for me. And a while ago, my brother was in a really serious car accident. Excuse me if I cry. Um, but I just realized like how unwilling like I would be to lose him or anyone. Um, so I kind of realized like how big of a decision God made for all of us to like experience eternity. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so I guess like in that moment, I sat there and I gave my, um, my junk, as Mr. Tim would say, <laughs> to God and I rededicated my life and surrendered to full-time ministry. Morning. Mm. Okay, so first I wanted to say that I actually really enjoyed this week. I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel going into it because um, it was a lot different than uh, what we normally do here. Um, but I really did enjoy it. It was great to see uh, you know, how the kids came into the week and uh, how they really left changed. That, uh, it was really great to see just how God works in that. Um, but the reason this week was so impactful for me is because uh, something happened before the week that uh, you know, it really wasn't what I wanted, and it uh, kind of affected me a lot more than I thought it would and a lot more than I wanted it to. Um, and the biggest thing that I felt before going into the week was, uh, why now? Um, and I was questioning God, why now? Why, why this? Why is this happening? Um, and the biggest thing I learned this week was patience. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, during the week, we had these devotion times. And one of the main points for one of them was, uh, Jesus sees my mess. Um, and the big idea with that was uh, that uh, Jesus can see what I'm going through, and Jesus always has a plan in the end for what's going to happen. Um, and I, I already understood all that, and I already knew all that, but the thing was, is it wasn't fixed right now. I wasn't having my way in all of it. And uh, there's a couple things wrong in this sentence. Um, main thing being my and I. Um, and <laughs> and I, I just kind of realized, I, I, I prayed, and I was like, God, please open my eyes this week because this week wasn't at all about me. And I think a couple people noticed I wasn't having the best attitude going into it. Um, and I kind of was uh, down a little bit and I wasn't really that joyful. Um, but I realized that this week wasn't about me and it was really all about God. And I just prayed that you know he would let me uh, open my eyes and really enjoy serving. Um, but he did a lot more than that. Uh, so during the time that we uh, sat down, everyone sat down uh, at night and there was that 
uh, period before they would be able to say yes or no or yes again. And uh, I was just thinking about, uh, so I'm actually, I was in, I'm in the dish pits with my wonderful, amazing, loving father. Um, <laughs> yeah, huh? And uh, one of the things I noticed was um, you, don't, you don't just get a dish and you're like, all right, yeah, this is super messy. Spray it with a couple bits of water, put soap on it, and then put it away, right? That is what you do, right? Just, it's gone, clean. Uh, um, and then, but no, I realized that th there's a process, and it takes time. Uh, we get the dish, we see how messy it is. It's super messy at the time, but we also see the final product. We, s we see the end product. We know what it's going to look like in the end. Um, but not only that, but first you have to spray it down. Oh, and actually, no, first you have to stack it. See, there's more stuff. First you have to stack it, then you have to spray it down, and then you have to put it through the machine, and then you have to dry it, and then you have to put it away for it to be used. And I was just thinking that that's how God looks at me when I bring my mess to him. It doesn't happen right away. First he has to get it organized, then he has to wash it, and then it, it, there's a bunch of different steps that's going to it. It's a whole process. So that's one of the things I learned this week was just patience and being in that process. And once I understood that, I started looking at stuff, looking at the bigger picture and look at the things God was doing right now. Looking at the little moments he has for me, looking at the little things that are happening all around. I started looking at, you know, just whatever's happening around me, just the little things that God put in my life to just show me that he's there instead of looking at the overall bigger picture. So um, I would lo I'd love to thank you all just for whoever supported for going on the trip. I thank you, really thank you, because it was a lot of fun. Um, and I learned a lot, but uh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm Kristen. This was my first opportunity to go um, and serve with um, the youth group with at Project Serve. Um, I got to spend time with them a couple weeks ago at the in-state mission, um, but getting to go away with them, um, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, I went into it a little bit nervous. Um, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> uh, and I knew it was gonna be long days, late nights, um, a lot of work. Um, and so when I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you, um, there were so many uh, amazing moments that I could just see God at work. I could see him at work in the kids that came with us, um, just in their joyful attitudes as they served all of the campers, um, in the leaders that were there, uh, how they were just sharing God at any moment that they could. Um, it was an amazing experience during club. Um, at the end of the week, when um, they asked all of the campers who had accepted uh, Christ to stand up, who said yes, and all of these campers just stood up, and it was just, it was overwhelming. Um, and to see those that said yes again, who took this time, the weekend, and uh, rededicated their life to Christ. Um, but as I was thinking about that, um, I kept getting reminded, um, I'm kind of a person who tends to um, have faith in God and the big things. Um, the big things don't always scare me because I know God's got it. I, I can trust him in those big things. Um, but I'm more apt to lose my faith in the small things. Um, and so I was really, really concerned um, going into this week just how I was going to handle it. I know that I'm a person that needs sleep. I know that I'm a person that gets a little irritable when I'm tired. 
and I lose my patience. Um, and so that was my prayer for the week is that just God fill me up, fill me up so that I can pour out for you. And um, so as I was thinking about it, I was just reminded constantly by God that I need to have faith in all areas of my life, not just in those big things, but he is faithful to carry us through even in those small areas of our life. Why is a nurse's favorite crown color red? Because they like to draw blood. So I got to tell some dad jokes in the talent show, and surprisingly, I didn't win. I don't know. I think it was rigged. But anyway, uh, this, this week was awesome. It was, it was a different experience with Project Surf, but we were back at it again after missing it from 2019, and, and it was just incredible. Like, Tim and I had a conversation beforehand, and, and we realized that, you know, out of everybody going on the trip, only one student had gone with us previously. And it made us wonder, because, you know, the ones who, that I was a part of in 2018 and 2019, like, they rocked it. Like, I look at Trevor over there, like, he was the original killing in the dish pit with uh, Mr. Kevin. But, um, you know, we were kind of talking through it, and we're like, you know what, no, like, these, these guys are ready to serve as well. Like, they've been prepared to do this. They're, we have complete confidence that they're going to crush it as well. And sure enough, they did. You know, they just completely served well. And it just amazes me every year. When I first heard about Project Serve, I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me we're going to send a bunch of teenagers to work at a camp with no guarantee that they'll get to experience any of the fun things, which there were some things they did not get to experience that the campers did. And they're just working themselves to exhaustion day in and day out. And they love it. And everybody was like, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And, and I was like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. And sure enough, each year, that's exactly what happens. And it just amazes me. But beyond that, it also amazes me what God does in that. Because sometimes we get so busy that we forget to look with that, for that personal relationship with him. But each year, as you can see, just by a few of the testimonies, there's so many more that, that God just has a way of breaking through and working on them, no matter what, and it's incredible. It was, it was so good, and it even, it made me think, too, it's probably got to go all the way back to, like, the original Townsend teens, like, like Pastor Seth Baker, you know, one of the OG Townsend youth group members, because we've been up there, and the camp directors have always been great, but having Seth up there as a camp director, I mean, he was in it all week long. He was, he was filling in for different Project Serve members so they could go do things. He was there fighting kids in the crud war and, you know, leaving his mark. You know, he was talking to us, talking to the campers. He was organizing it all. I, I've, I haven't really seen that before, and it doesn't surprise me that Seth was doing it. And I know, I know he didn't do that for any, you know, recognition and to be seen, but it's hard not to be seen when you serve as well as he did. So... That's, I look at that as a testament to this church as well. You know, we are a church that, that cultivates that spirit, that spirit of service that Jesus came to teach us about. And I thank you guys so much for, for helping us to cultivate that and to support us in that financially, prayerfully. It is so incredible. Um, but for me, one of, the, one of the biggest impacts was after our Sunday worship service, uh, Seth had encouraged us to take a group of you know, five, six uh, people, and just pray for the campers coming in. And I shared with them this verse from Ephesians uh, chapter 1, where Paul says, Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And I told him, I said, you know, we firmly believe that Jesus' death was enough for all. That these kids, whether they ever accept him or not, whether they've done it yet or not, that they are his purchased possession. That he already did the work of dying on the cross for him. So I said, let's go ahead and pray for them like that. And let's remember as we're serving them, let's think of them that way. And so we did, and we went through, and, you know, as I said, we, we go through a week, and we're busy, and we're focused on serving, and we're, we're thinking about the campers, and we get to the response night, and I won't get into too much detail, just in case Tim or Seth are going to talk about it, and if you weren't, you guys have to now, but uh, it was different than the other weeks that we've been, and I caught myself in the first half just thinking about that. And thinking about the loss of power and the, the hum of the generator and there wasn't that silence that there normally is and um, you couldn't really hear the yeses cry out like you normally can. Uh, I'm sitting there thinking about it and I think about this verse like just praying like these are, these are God's purchased possessions. I, I just pray that their hearts are softened right now and that response is still there. And as I'm thinking of that, God brought to remembrance that shortly after I was saved, when I had first see, heard this verse, that I had circled that phrase, purchase possession, and I wrote me. And that as much as he died for all these other kids, as much as he was willing to lay down his life for, for anybody else, everybody else, that he was willing to do it for me. And, and I guess I needed that reminder, and it hit me in such a way that I was just, I was blown away by by his love in that moment. And for the rest of the night, I was like, who cares if it doesn't go the way I think it should? Or, or you know, that thought of, oh, God needs, God needs his agents to come and step in and save the day. No, he doesn't, because we got there the next day, and, you know, we heard the incredible reports of, of what God did. But I know in that moment that, that God gave me that reminder that, that he loves me that he was willing, that I'm a prized possession of his. As messy and as icky as I can be sometimes, that he was willing to do that for me. And it was, it was just a sweet, sweet moment with him. Um, but yeah, that's it, Tim. So you can see just by a couple of these, I absolutely love my job. This is pretty amazing. And I just, I want to start off again. I know Eli, Eli said it and Willie said it. Uh, thank you uh, for being a supportive church like you are. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for supporting us financially because without y'all and your prayers, this all wouldn't be possible. And these kids wouldn't be able to experience this in God in this way. So thank you very much. Um, you heard a few of these kids' testimonies, which were amazing and awesome, but there were 31 of us that went on this trip, and there's many kids that you see in these green shirts that I know don't feel comfortable coming up here to share with you, but maybe a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them, they will open up to you. So I would encourage you as a church family to seek somebody out in a green shirt and say, hey, how was your week serving at Project Serve? Because each one of these kids has their own story and their own testimony of how God worked on their lives and their hearts. Um, and I need to do that because there's some that I haven't heard from yet.
One thing that stood out to me this week, a couple, well, there's a plethora. I've wrote them down, but I'm going to read through them in a moment. But one kind of really awesome thing is that there were some families serving together this week. We had siblings, the Unruhs, the Burroughs, Dawson's, the Sparrows, the Hines. We had Pastor Charlie, Miss Janice, Seth, Danielle, Evie, and Aaron all serving together. Tim, Tyler, and Maddie. We had Alan, Kim, and Eli, Kristen, and Weston. It was cool for me to see Alan and Eli and Kristen and Weston and me and my kids like serving together. That's pretty sweet and awesome. So that was one thing that really stood out to me. But from one day one, I'm just going to read down how I saw God moving in the midst of each day. Day one, we had we had praise and worship. And we had Seth pouring into us before we were able to serve. And sitting next to me was somebody from our team in Project Serve who was just weeping because of the way that the Holy Spirit was working on his heart. And he kept crying out to Jesus during that praise and worship. And I could see the brokenness and the hurt and the pain in the midst of that moment and just how God was speaking in and through him at that moment. <laughs> And just how vulnerable he was. And this was on what they call day zero. This was before the kids even got there. And already the Holy Spirit was moving. And that just broke my heart because I know there's so many of us in the midst of moments like that where we feel the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing when we're able to feel that and release. But I know so many of us don't. We keep it in. And we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in and through us. So right from the jump, that was incredible. I saw God moving in a group every single morning of four cabin leaders, women, sitting at a picnic table every single morning praying together. Every single morning they were sitting at the same picnic table and they were praying together. I saw God moving as kids in our small group were opening up and sharing some of their stuff, junk, <laughs> that they deal with and go through. I saw our kids, your kids, serving without complaining and having fun and making jokes in the midst of freezing cold showers and no electricity, things that we take for granted every single day, but we know if we really consider it, we are blessed in that because there's many people that don't have that. I saw a room full of kids and adults raising their hands, praising our Heavenly Father as one, as one body of Christ, raising their hands and screaming, shouting. One girl in our group said, I love this time because I can scream as loud as I want during this praise and worship and nobody can hear me, but God can. I saw multiple one-on-one -on -one conversations among campers and leaders throughout the week and throughout different spaces on the camp. I saw the prayer team, um, Youth for Christ does this awesome thing where there's two individuals that are hired by Youth for Christ to be at that camp and all they do is pray. Their job is to pray over and amongst everything that's going on at the camp. And you saw that happening in individual sessions, in group sessions, with leaders, with project serve teams. All over the camp, they were praying. I saw Seth leading with such passion and zeal for the Lord. 
and it was overwhelming. I know Willie touched on that, but it was incredible to see him serve without asking or hoping for recognition, just serving because he knew it was the right thing to do. I saw walls from hurt and worry being broken down throughout the week amongst our kids and our campers. I saw relationships being built within the Project Serve team and within the Project Serve team and their campers and within Project Serve team and other Youth for Christ members. I saw God giving us strength through our exhaustion, discomfort, and pain. I saw God using the games and activities to drive home biblical truths. I saw God in the beauty of being in nature, in the outdoors. The last night, the campers had an opportunity and some Project Serve members to share how God moved in and through their hearts. And it was so moving to me that these kids from broken families and broken situations in dark places coming across this stage, kids that you wouldn't even expect, and opening up and telling them how God moved in their hearts in a way that they want to go home to be different. And now it's our job, I think, our responsibility to be praying for these that are in broken situations because, yes, they had this amazing camp experience, but they're going home to the same situation that they came from. And how can they be different in that situation? They can be uplifted through our prayer and encouragement. Solo night. I know you guys have heard that. It's an opportunity where they share the gospel and then they let everybody on the camp go out and spend some time with God. And as Willie mentioned in the past, it was a very, very overwhelming, significant time at other camps where you audibly heard the voices of these kids screaming out yes to Jesus. I get goosebumps every time I think about it. So my expectations going into this camp were that it was gonna be just like it's been the last couple times. And sitting in that moment, it was supposed to be 10 to 15 minutes where you're spending time with God and in that moment, I'm just praying over these kids and then 15 minutes turns into 20 minutes and 20 minutes turned into 30 minutes and nothing's happening according to me. And I remember sitting in that moment feeling disappointed that my expectations weren't met. And I remember sitting there, I'm like, you know what, God, I gotta shift my focus and I gotta think, okay, Lord, What is this really about, as Eli said? And as I'm praying, I said, God, even if it's just one, even if it's just one kid, and as I'm sitting there on the ground, this girl walks by with her friend, and she's sobbing, and she's saying, this time was different. And I stood up, and I stood with those two for about five minutes and prayed with them, and what she said was that, Similar to Des, she grew up in a Christian home and she kind of understood and she gave her life over to Christ, but she didn't really mean it. But this time was different. And then you hear the stories like Willie said the next day about all these kids that said yes to Jesus and my expectations weren't met. How silly of me to make it about me in the midst of God moving The last thing I want to say, uh, I know so many of us keep our guards up and our walls up 
because we want to protect ourselves from hurt that we've experienced. And I know that's a safe place for a lot of us. But what I learned through this week is that without letting our guards down, allowing God to do the work in our hearts that he so desires to do, we're going to continue to fall and be broken. And being broken isn't a bad place. But in the midst of that brokenness, let God in to do your work. I had a moment with the three kids that I had a pleasure to work with throughout the week where I realized some of my own walls that I had up for the longest time and they were broken down. You guys, it's hard to really help understand the significance of what this camp and these opportunities do for the people that attend. And I'll encourage you, all of you, to get involved, to be a part of something like this. We are going to continue doing stuff like this. Come see us and ask questions. We're going to continue to partner with Youth for Christ. It's a wonderful organization. Camps are a great opportunity. And I'm so thankful that we had a chance to do it. Seth. How good is this? Oh, man. I've, I've just been so encouraged and so excited. You know, we're talking about how sometimes things don't go according to our expectations, and we come to church on Sunday mornings, and we're expecting to hear the pastor deliver a sermon, and maybe this is a little different than what you expected. But guys, this is church. I mean, this is us. This is us sharing. Um, and Alan challenged us in his prayer at the beginning to be listening. We don't always have to come to God for him to hear what we have to say. Sometimes we can come to God to hear what he has to say to us and God is speaking through the lives of these young people this morning and I hope you're hearing it I hope you're hearing what God has to say so my name is Seth I work for Youth for Christ I've worked for Youth for Christ 23 years and I've been to a lot of YFC camps um, and so you've heard a lot of talk about what happens at camp uh, during the course of the week and so what Youth for Christ camp is is it's a camp experience that we do for kids from all over the country. So there are YFC camps happening um, this coming week in Florida and Iowa. Um, the week before we were in Maryland this past week, there were camps happening in uh, Michigan and somewhere else I can't think of right now. Um, but all over the country, uh, we do, uh, Minnesota, um, <laughs> sorry, we do camps all over the country and YFC programs bring their kids to come to camp. And so the kids that come to camp are kids from urban areas, they're kids that maybe just got out of detention, um, they're kids that maybe are part of a teen parenting program or part of a campus or middle school program. And so the kids that come to camp don't know Jesus. They're not from church backgrounds because YFC is working with kids. Um, we're hoping to introduce them to Jesus. And so in order for a camp like that to happen, we need lots of leaders to spend the whole week just being with the kids that they brought from home. And so the leaders from Kalamazoo are spending their whole week with kids from Kalamazoo, and they're breaking up fights, and they're sleeping in the cabins, and they're talking through the gospel with them. But it takes a whole team of people to execute the camp, to do all of the logistics and all of the hard work so that those leaders can be fully present with their kids. And so what our church has done this past week and in prior years is we've gone on a project serve team. So you hear that word, Project Serve. And so what our crew is doing is we're going before campers get there, 
and we're doing all the work that needs to happen to make the camp operate so that the campers can get off the bus and just have the best week of their summer because your team is serving to make that possible. And I have to tell you guys, I have been so proud of our team this week. And you hear it in their voices, you hear it in the stories that they've told. We have this ministry philosophy at YFC Camp. And this is what we live out, and it goes like this. The gospel proclaimed plus the gospel displayed equals the gospel made known. And so we had a camp speaker there this week, and he proclaimed the gospel loud and clear from the stage every day. But the hands and feet of Jesus were evident by those displaying the gospel, by those working in humility and self-sacrifice with a great attitude and without complaining when the water was cold <laughs> and the lights were out. <laughs> they worked hard. And so during the course of this week, you, you may have picked up on some of this, but uh, my parents, Pastor uh, Charlie and, and Janice, were working at the kayaks on the waterfront all week. They were putting life vests on kids and sending them out in kayaks and bringing them back in and helping them have a little adventure. Uh, Pastor Willie spent the whole week in the hot sun clipping kids into safety harnesses so they could go down a zip line. And um, man, it was hot <laughs> where he was on the asphalt. And he was just there having fun, joking with the kids. Um, many of these kids would come to, the, come to the bottom of the zip line to get harnessed up just with like fear and nervousness. I want to do it. I don't know if I can. And they would go up the stairs, go down the zip line, which goes across the camp and over the pool. It's a really cool spot at North Bay. And they'd get off the end and they did it. And they had this sense of achievement. They took a risk and they overcame a fear. Pastor Allen was working uh, in the dish pits, a very anonymous and thankless job um, behind the scenes. Um, and people don't know he's a pastor. He's a senior leader. Um, we know and respect him, and he came as a humble servant uh, this past week. Um, in spite of the fact his neck was in a lot of pain, he worked hard, and I so respected that because it sets a tone of humility and service um, that sets the, the standard for everything that happens um, at our church. I'm super grateful for that. And Pastor Willie, or Pastor Tim, if you can imagine it, was in charge of games and activities. And so he was <laughs> running around all week, making sure everybody was having a good time, setting up the county fair and the dunk tank and, um, and every other thing, and, um, and just helping out in, in a ton of ways. And um, you guys should feel really proud of our church. You should feel really proud of the work that we did. Not because we're anything special, because this week was not about our church. Um, as much as this, this week is totally programmed for lost kids, this week was not about lost kids. This week was about Jesus. And Jesus accomplished what he set out to accomplish. There were a lot of things that went wrong throughout the week. So from my position, um, my role on the team, I got to see every little thing that broke. Um, you know, when the, when the storm came through and knocked a tree through the ropes course, and we didn't get to do high ropes uh, for half of the week. When the power was out up where Project Serve was sleeping, but the generators were on um, down where the campers were sleeping. It was like the campers got to sleep in air conditioning. We had electricity for um, all of our big events that we wanted to be able to do. 
I saw God's provision um, in little ways like trees that got knocked down by the storm that fell within feet of the generator powering the camp and missed it. Like, that's God. God protected us in some very significant ways. So things didn't go according to my plan or according to our plan, but we knew that things were going according to God's plan because he was continuing to work things out. One thing that was really personal for me that I'll mention uh, is this was a really unique experience for me this week, to have the integration of all the different parts of my world. And I don't know if you've ever had an experience like this, but for me, my, my family was there at camp this week. My friends were there at camp this week. My coworkers were there. My church was there. All the different parts of my life kind of all came together for a week, and that was just so special for me, um, just to get to see how God is glorified uh, in that. And um, I hope someday you get an experience like that. Uh, and North Bay is just a, such a great place for that. So the last thing that I wanted to say as I thought about this is that we're going from here into Acts chapter 2. We're going to do communion in a minute. Pastor Allen's going to come back up. And then next week, we continue in our, our Acts story, and, and we're going into the story of Pentecost and what happened there. And as we learn about that, and as we listen to what God has to teach us, we're going to learn about the active, present power of God at work in the lives of the disciples. And it marks a very important turning point in the church because where Jesus had come and lived and died and rose again, that happened at a certain point in history. And our faith is not a historic faith. We don't only look back at a certain point in time that happened. What happened in Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit came to be among us and with us and active, and every day we live in the power of God because he is here with us. And that's what happens in Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Spirit that came to be with the disciples is with you when you have your faith in Christ. And we're going to be learning more about that in the weeks to come. And so for me, I look at what happened at YFC camp as just a small little window into how the power of God works. Because while the power was out at camp all week, the power was not out at camp at all last week. And the power is not out here at Townsend Church. Thank you for your support of YFC Camp. So what do you think about all that? Listen, it was really hard for me to sit there and not just bawl my eyes out just because it's so cool to just to watch God interact when you really can't see it, but you know it's happening. Um, and just to hear the stories of our own workers coming back changed and encouraged and challenged when we really went to serve and to make that available for everybody else. But isn't that just like God? When we think we're busy doing what he wants us to do, it's actually in preparation to do something in your own heart. And as we get ready to observe communion, I want you to sit quietly and Rudy's going to be singing us a song, but I want you to contemplate the things that God has done in your own heart and in your own life. Let's let this time be a true remembrance 
of the goodness of our God. And we're going to be passing out the elements. Again, they're going to be double cupped. The, the little bread wafer will be underneath your juice. Um, you do not have to be a member of our church to observe communion with us. We just ask that you know you have a relationship with God and that you guys are good. And maybe in this time of quiet contemplation, you need to set some things straight. Maybe there's somebody you need to go to um, and repair that relationship before you observe communion. Or maybe you need to come to the altar and pray or sit right where you're at. This is your time. We specifically create this quiet time for you to sit back and to think and to reflect. And I am, <clears throat> if I can say it without seemingly um, sinning, I am so proud of our church. When you have people who are serving with you that don't go to your church and they come into where I was at and they simply say, I wish I lived closer to you. I would attend your church. Can't tell you what that does to a pastor's heart to know that the teenagers of his church is putting out such a great reflection of Christ that people want to be a part of that. That's huge. And we've already said thank you to you, but from my heart to you, I wanna say thank you for the support that you give us, for the prayers that you send up, for the encouragement to let us do what we know we need to do to impact people around us. You guys make that happen. And I am so thankful to be a part of Townsend Church. I am so thankful to watch God do so many cool things, but I am even more thankful to know that there is so much more to come. And I am so anxiously awaiting to see what that looks like. And I just wanna be a small part. So as I pray, I'm gonna ask our deacons to come and just sit back and take these next few moments. We're almost done, I promise. But to quietly reflect on the goodness of God. God, you are so good. To say that I am thankful really doesn't cover it this morning. You are amazing in the way that you work. And Lord, we've joked a lot about not having power this past week, and it was an inconvenience. But I am so thankful that there is nothing that can knock your power out of us. And it never stops, it never sleeps, it never slumbers. That your spirit is always willing and wanting to do something in us and through us. Thank you for the testimonies that have taking place here today and I pray that it won't just stop now that we've talked about it that it will be truly lived out in their lives Lord I'm thankful for the camp experience that many of the YFC kids had and Lord as we've talked we know that they're going right back into the same situation that they left but God on their behalf I come to you in the name of Jesus that you take that life change and make it real for them allow them to make the stands that they need to stand Allow them to make the decisions that they need to make to honor you. Allow them to disassociate from the things that they know would not be honoring to you and help them to stand strong and move forward for you. Lord, be with their leaders. Lord, it's an exhausting week for them. And I'm sure that there are so many disappointments that happen as they work with these kids. But God, may those disappointments turn into opportunities for you to do something great and to provide for those leaders that shot in the arm that, that they so desperately need. 
God, you're so good. I am so thankful for our church, for what you have blessed us with. God, I just want to reflect on that this morning, the goodness of our God. May you bless this time as we sit quietly and just think in Jesus' name. can it be there is a table for all who would come for all who would come taste now and see there is a table for all who would come for all who would come Take the bread, receive the cup, for his mercy is enough for the many and the one. This is communion. Take it as often as you will, for his blood is power still. By his wounds we shall be healed. This is communion. We remember the sacrifice of love. We remember the 
We remember the price you had to pay. We remember the wounds that made a way. We remember the lamb for all was slain upon the cross. Take of the bread, receive the cup, for in Take it as often as you will, for his blood is power still. By his wounds he shall be healed. This is communion. Take of the bread, receive the cup, for his mercy is enough for the many and the one. This is communion. Take it as often as you will, for his blood is power still. By his wounds it shall be healed. This is communion. sacrifice of love we remember the blood poured out for us we remember the only son of God upon the cross we remember the price you had to pay we remember the wounds that made a way we remember the lamb for all slain upon the cross. As we remember what Paul says, he says, for I received from the Lord that what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. He took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And that is exactly what we are doing today, as well as remembering just how good and great he truly is. Let me pray over these and then we'll take them all at the same time. God, your sacrificial giving of your son, there is no way that we can say thank you enough. And my prayer is that our sacrificial giving of our life 
reflects the attitude of our heart and the gratefulness of who we are because of you. Thank you for these elements and thank you for the life of Jesus who lived a sinless, perfect life, willingly laid down his life in a brutal way so that we may have life. Thank you that he was buried. And then on that third day, he gloriously, emphatically, powerfully arose from the dead. Thank you so much. Bless this time, bless this cup, these cups as we honor you today in Jesus' name, amen. God good he is so good I know that this is a little different than what you maybe have been expected but I hope it's encouraged your heart this morning hopefully just sitting there quietly listening to the cool things that God does has maybe sparked something in your mind of things that you can start looking for it's what my friend Brian and I from Alabama we always talk about there's a Sunday school lesson in that meaning Generally throughout the day, you can look at the situations that are going on and find some type of little statement that you can say, here's what God's teaching me in this moment. It's a Sunday school lesson. I would encourage you to do that. That's what we encourage our teens to do every time we are with them or wherever we go is to look for those Sunday school lessons, those God moments and reflect on them. You would be amazed at what that will do for your heart. So as you leave here today, may God bless you. May he give you the vision to see the things that he's doing in you, through you, and around you. And may he give you the courage to simply say, thank you. God bless you. Have a great week. We will see you next Sunday.